you're expressing yourself in a way that you can understand and that hopefully someone else who's confused on where they are, they can understand that too. So I think defining yourself for your art is so important and like so incredible because it's just like, hey, a hundred people might not understand this, but like two might. Nobody Comes Here to Hide is a weekly podcast for the people who feel like they aren't seeing themselves or their current position represented in the media right now. The show features in-depth conversations with entrepreneurs, innovators, artists, and creators where hopefully you get a peek into their brain and learn more about the impact they're going to make on this world. Hey, this episode is a lot of fun. I spoke with Paige Garrison and we definitely, the topics were all over the map. It was a little bit of a different situation where Paige sent me a a list of topics that she wanted to cover and even from that list we jumped off into complete tangents but this is a a fun episode and I think energetically it's a very soothing episode that's all I really have to say enjoy thank you for listening so today I have with me Paige Garrison, who is the Chief Marketing Officer of YEDCOR, uh, in general is a creative producer slash creative director. Hey! Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Cute top. Thanks. I'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my first question, what is a creative producer? <laughs> yeah, um, so it's like, it's a very weird, uh, complex, I guess I would think it's a new title, but I guess it's been around for a while now. But, um, so a producer is, is basically a person who works in the background of any project that's being run. Um, so oftentimes you have a music producer, you have a business producer, you have a producer for a project, an event, and this is just usually the person that makes sure that everything is, um, in line and intact. So all for, let's say you're working on a film, it's making sure sure that all the contracts and talent release papers are signed, that your money is in order, you're responsible for who's getting paid, when they're getting paid, um, and just kind of like the behind the scenes show person that's organizing. So like uh, when you hear like Drake's the executive producer of Euphoria, he's kind of the guy who put the money in for Euphoria. He mm-hmm. made sure that everyone was getting their money too. Um, he he has a big say on who gets hired and where they're filming. And he kind of also is working with the location team to scout locations, but also working with the casting directors to pick a cast. Um, so you kind of are like, the head of this big like totem pole almost type of thing that everyone is contacting you and you're overseeing the full project while a director and um, a sound guy might only be seeing the editorial and the sound part of something. So then a creative producer is really just kind of putting that together in more of a creative aspect. So rather than working on business projects, I work on creative projects. So I work with creative teams to make sure that their needs are being met and that everything is handled and done correctly because when you're with creative sometimes we can just see the picture but not see the big image and so it's really important that they have a producer that can kind of like narrow that all in together and that's like Mm -hmm. how how did that become something that you do you know Um, so as a kid I've always been very inclined to the arts which is funny because my dad's a doctor and my mom's like a wall street lady so you wouldn't expect like those two to create like more of a liberal arts type of student. Um, but evidently they did. And 
um, I've always been inclined to photography and videos and music. So I knew that when I went to school for college, whatever I was going to do, it would have to do something within the arts. Um, I've tried dancing. I suck at it. I've tried singing. I'm bad at it. So I realized that I was better at putting together the pieces rather than being the actual talent. Um, and so once I honed in on that, I could understand that, okay, so I want to do something more in the direction of film works. And I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I was so in love with movies, but I was like, I don't want to hold the camera and I don't want to tell them where to go. Like, that's not me. So mm-hmm. I decided to major in film and television. I was like, I'll just figure it out. I'll just see what happens. Yeah. And I was like, I liked it. I didn't love it. I was just like, okay, this is cool. I don't really want to do this, but I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I ended up taking a PR class for an elective and I fell in love with PR And um, if you don't know, PR is a lot like producing as well. You're like a publicist and brand designs. And that has a lot to do with uh, production as well and making decks and all that fun stuff. So I really like PR. So I decided to pick that up as my minor. And I was just talking to somebody one day. I don't even remember who I was talking to. I was just chatting. And they're like, you know what? I feel like you'd be really good as like a producer, like making sure everything gets done behind the scenes. And I was like, yeah, totally. Let me try it out. And I worked on a project and I was the assistant producer and I really liked it. And then I was like, but I want to do this more in like an artsy world. And I spent some time in Miami and I met some creative directors and they put me in touch with some creative producers. And I was like, yeah, this is for me. Like, this is what I want to do. This is where I'm at. And then once I knew what I wanted to do and what I loved, I just figured out how to make it my own and like have, I don't know, every artist has their signature and just how to like add my signature to that. Hmm, That's really cool. Um, okay. A couple questions stem from that. Uh, what would you say is your signature? Like, how do you stamp that page was here (laughs) on your territory type thing? (laughs) Um, so there's a couple ways and I feel like no one would know unless you know me personally, which is like the fun of it. It's like a hidden treasure. Uh Um, I use like very specific color codes when I'm coloring things that are like that I've used in different projects. Um, I also have a very interesting vernacular when I'm typing like a social media post or something. Um, like if you go through Yed's Instagram posts and then you go through mm-hmm. like the other stuff I'd work on, it like sounds like me, but it doesn't sound similar. If that makes sense. So I would say my signature mm-hmm. is definitely in my writing. I also only write in lowercase. I don't know why, but. I only write lowercase. So like if you ever see something and it's like just lowercase piece, it's most likely like from me just because I don't know. It's like my little quirk, I guess. (laughs) Wow. That's so interesting. Is like, I mean, that is a creative choice, right? Like lowercase. That is, that is an aesthetic choice. It happened because um, I turned caps lock off of my phone because I was living in Spain at the time. And it was just like annoying me, I think. Like certain words didn't need capitalized and it just kept switching back and forth. I was like, this is annoying. I'm just turning it off. And then I was like, oh, I like the way this looks. It's kind of cute. I like this little I with a dot instead of the big one that looks like an L. Like this is cooler. So just yeah. like, fuck. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, so then another thing you said was you wanted to do it more in creative fields. Mm-hmm. So does that not necessarily exclude film and TV, but like what, what is a project that is more in line with like where, like the creativity that you sought or seek? So I guess I should be a little more specific. When I said like more creative, I was working on documentaries and news production. Oh, I so that, it's not that it's boring. I really love the news and I'm super into it as well, but um, mm-hmm. I see things 
I find interest when something is creatively inspiring to me and news isn't very creative. That's just what it is. News is supposed to be getting a story out and getting to the point. Um, and I find expression through creativity and art. So for me, I just knew I wanted to move in more of the direction of creating a change, but having it be for also other students and other kids that were more artistically learners, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I think it was just like, rather than maybe doing a documentary on like the side effects of Adderall, I'm going to work on a film that accurately describes and explains and shows the side effects of Adderall and a fun um, narrative. And that's just mm-hmm. like, for me, we're getting the same story out. We're just doing it in two different ways. Okay. Very interesting. That's very cool. Hmm. So one of the things that you brought up are mm-hmm. proposed as like a potential topic is internships. Yeah. And that is something that I actually would really like to dig into. Okay, let's do it. Um, as a creative producer slash director, um, have you, have there been a lot of people asking you to do unpaid work? Yes. I think there'll always be people asking you to do unpaid work. Um mm-hmm. You know what? I find that it comes more from the older generation than it comes from people in my generation. And I think that's just because uh, they think that because maybe they're older or like wiser. And I say that like with quotations because mm-hmm. like wisdom is like not based on age in my opinion, but um, because they feel like they're this way, they feel like maybe um, it's a favor that like they're doing you a favor or they see it as like a service for a service. Like, Hey, you'll do this work for free. I'll get your name out. Um, but a lot of the work now is so digital that I don't think they realize how long and how tedious it really is. Like creating a website, it's not something that takes 20 minutes, it's like sending an email. And so I think they ask you to do this free work and it's like, Hey, this is taking a lot of time from something that I could be making money doing. And like, I can't do like, you have to just pay people for their services, just like you'd pay for a shirt or like a pair of pants, you know? Yeah. But um, I, I don't believe in unpaid internships from big corporations at all. Uh, I think that if your position, if your company needs an intern that badly, um, then there's other ways to go about it. If you're not giving them anything, I think it has to be beneficial in some sorts. But I find that the unpaid internships are usually from bigger corporations, like name brands. I'm not even going to say any, but no need. (laughs) I I did have one unpaid internship and um, I thought that the work that they were giving us was very assistant work that they should be paying somebody to do. And I just, I believe that if you're going to have somebody doing that much of work, then you should be paying them for their time, especially when Mm -hmm. they're like using their gas to drive to you. And like, then they have to pay for their lunch and they're doing all these things because now they're in your area and they have to pay for new clothes because they have to dress a certain way. And it's like, they're putting all of this out, but you're not giving them a secure job back. Right. Like, what are you doing? help them and if it's not really experience if you're just having them do like you know like get coffee and jot this down and do that then like why should they be not getting paid like they're doing work like they're actually doing work now you know so yeah you know and I just don't think I think it's I also think it's just in a in a societal and systemic I think it adds to the systemic racism that we have built because obviously um the only people that can really take unpaid internships are those that have enough money in their pockets to afford to mm-hmm. do 
things regardless of the unpaid internship. So you're not going to be able to find a low income student taking an unpaid internship because they need to make ends meet. They need that those hours to actually earn money. So you're already taking out like a whole block of students that could be potentially more incredible than the ones you have, but they can't because they simply can't afford it. And I just personally don't believe that's fair. And I don't think that's like right in any way. And then it's just, it's like another head start. That's not fair. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who wants to be a public defender, um, but all throughout college, she could never take those government internships over the summer because most of them are unpaid. And so her whole thing was she wanted to be, she wants to be a public defender because she's a black woman. And she was like, the people who need public defenders in general will be, will be people of color. And Mm -hmm. she's like, I want to just let them know that someone here actually cares for you. Yeah. You know, but it's like, she didn't have, she couldn't, she literally could not afford to like lose an entire summer's worth of income. Right. And that's the whole point. Like you have somebody that's so passionate about this position, probably more passionate than the kids that you have that don't really want to do it. And they're being forced to do it for like class credit or like a family mm-hmm. member or whatever. And mm-hmm. they can't because there's no one paying them. And it's like, it's still a working opportunity. I think that's why the word internship is so coded though. That's mm-hmm. like a whole another theory <laughs> for another Interesting. time. <laughs> Interesting. Intern. Oh yeah. Isn't that, um, no, sorry. It's indentured. I was thinking of indentured. <laughs> Where are you still in school? No. So I graduated in May. Well, quote unquote graduated. We didn't have a graduation. So, um, right. you know, got that online PDF from Zoom. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I finished in May. So I, I finished majoring in film and television with my minor in public relations and a concentration in production. Very cool. Um, so then over the course of uh, college, what were you doing over the summers? Like, how are you feeding this creative interest and also paying the bills? Yeah. So I believe that college and life is a balance of like fun and work. I think you uh-huh. have to have your because if not, you're just going to like burn yourself out. Um, so, I mean, I'm like 22 now, so I'm still like trying to have fun. So I think my freshman year summer, so like summer going into my sophomore year of college mm-hmm. for me it was really just about finding who I was, right? Like I, I entered college and I, I went to college with my high school best friend. And I also went with my older brother and his two high school best friends and a lot of other kids from my high school. I went to school in Florida and it was just like a hot spot for Jersey. Like they pitched warm weather. Like, why would I want to <laughs> I could sit on the beach in December? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, So for me, I wasn't really sure who I was. I had a lot of my high school identity with me and I was really just trying to figure out who I was, what I was into outside of school. I feel like for so long, everything that I was and everything that I knew was based on the fact of getting into college. And then I was there and I was like, oh, what's next? Like what clubs do I join? What do I do? Who am I hanging out with? What do I wear? So I really spent a lot of um, that summer just kind of like hanging out and changing my friend groups and seeing what I like to do. Do I like nature? Do I like hiking? Do I like running? Like what, what workouts do I like? Just figuring out like who I was outside of everything that I already knew. And like disassociating who I was based on my identity from my parents and like making sure that my identity was my own. And I wasn't just like their child. I was like their child, but also Paige Garris and like my own person. Um, so that was like my first summer. And then once I did that, I was like, okay, Hey, we're about to do a whole 180 in my life because I realized I don't like any of this stuff. Like, let's get this Mm -hmm. out of here. And, um, I went back to school when I was happier. And then I actually got an internship in New York city for a magazine. 
and I left school <laughs> for a semester and um, I did online. I switched to online literally randomly. I had actually, I'll tell the story. It's kind of funny. You could Yeah, please do. Basically, <laughs> I've suffered from really bad um, tonsil issues and I was in and out of mm-hmm. hospital my sophomore year first semester and I went home for Christmas and I got my tonsils out and I actually got an infection so I couldn't get on a plane so I had to take like January off from school so I was already in online classes and then the internship happened and I was in New Jersey at this time and I was like I'm already here I can't really go back anyway because I can't get on a plane right now I might as well do this internship just stay here for the semester and I stayed there and I like fell in love with New York City all over again and realized how much I love a metropolitan area and then I spent that summer just like building what I like to do, building my resume, doing internships and like talking to different people and just like shadowing people for a day that I knew were in the industry that I wanted to be in. And then I decided like, Hey, I'm going to take my talents and go abroad. And like, let's see what Spain has for me. And I went to Spain for a semester and I was um, a content producer for my program in Spain. And that was when I really honed in on the fact, like, this is what I want to do. Like, I love this because being a producer, you get, you have to location scout. So you get to go everywhere, like, and a lot of places that you would never visit because it's like a small town that no one knows of. Um, So that's kind of how I balance like my fun and my my business and everything. And during that time is when I started YED too. So I became friends with like Jordan and the rest of our team. And they're, they're really incredible. Like I would say we're definitely a family now and like mm-hmm. we know they're on a whole different level and we've helped each other build our skills. Um, they've helped me like become who I want to be and like hopefully vice versa. So um, that's kind of what I did during my summers. And then, you know, as you get closer to senior year, you get a little more selective with what you're doing and the internships and jobs you have. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really awesome. (laughs) Interestingly enough that more and more I've been like, I think something about location scouting, I could try and do something with this. Like, I don't know exactly what, but. Dive into it because I think it takes a talent to like be able to like dive down and find different locations. It is hard. So if it's something that you really think you could have like a passion in, I think you should definitely like look out to um, art directors or like, producers like big producers just message them on LinkedIn because uh, they probably will be able to be like hey actually like our production assistant will do that role but you would never think to look for a production assistant role because you're like that's production I don't want to do that so really important to just like kind of like read the fine lines in between jobs because a job title that you might not even think applies to you like definitely does that's why it's so important to like um, I was telling a friend the other day to like just whatever, when you're talking to employers, say exactly what you want out of a job, because you could be applying for like creative intern and you're saying all these things and they're like, actually you sound better for a production position because you want to do location. So it's just always important to get out there. Yeah. That's very interesting. Something you brought up in our pre-interview conversation (laughs) was defining oneself through creativity. Yeah. And I'm very interested in what does that mean to you? And do you perceive this as a good or a bad thing or something? Um, I don't think anything like is good. Like, I don't think let's rephrase that because there are things that are good and bad. Mm -hmm. I don't think um, when, when like defining yourself, I don't think there's a good way or a bad way to go about it. I think it just is what it is. And like, whether you take this route or that route, like A or B, you're going to still get to the same goal. One route might just take you on a longer road. So Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to 
being creative, um, it's really hard to make pieces that, okay, I'll back up a little bit for those who don't know, like, as I know some people don't even understand how like creatives think and it's like, what? It's <laughs> rambling. But, um, mm-hmm. any time that a creative usually gets hired for something, it's because, uh, the viewer sees something within that creative piece that reminds them of themselves or makes them feel something within themselves. Um, or at least like 90% of the time when you're watching a movie, you resonate with a character because that character embodies something that either you have within yourself or that you're looking to become. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just like why people make these big treatments when they're planning for an actor on TV. Same thing with when you go to a museum and you're more inclined to look at a, a piece of painting, it's because something in that painting is calling you. Um, but that would never happen if an artist didn't know who they were or if an artist didn't understand how to express that. And so a lot of times you meet artists and you think like, oh, maybe they're unemotional or they don't talk about their feelings, but like you see a, a painting and it's like describing everything they're feeling. Um, so I think when defining yourself through art, even if you don't know who you are yet, it's just such a way to to get it done differently. And so whether it's a painting or you're making an audio engineer sound or you're editing something for someone, a little bit of you becomes that because you become that piece of work. And it's just like people, when they're pitching um, ideas to big corporations, they're pitching it because they feel passionate about it. It's it's part of them um, and it's, it's creating and it's embodying and it's touching somebody else. So when you define yourself through art, I think no matter which way you do it, whether you're angry, sad, happy during that time, it's good because you're expressing yourself in a way that you can understand and that hopefully someone else who's confused on where they are, they can understand that too. So I think defining yourself through your art is so important and like so incredible because it's just like, hey, a hundred people might not understand this, but like two might, right? Or like 300 people might see this and only five of them will get it. But at Mm -hmm. least I know that those five will like be able to change something within themselves for the better because of it. And if you can do that, then that's like the whole point of defining yourself because now somebody else can define themselves and like, you're just like sparking a trend. That's how movements start. That's how everything in this world has started because somebody has, I mean, that's literally like what, like, you know, Jesus and God is like someone felt that within themselves and they followed him. It's, it's spirituality. It's everything. So I think it's just so important to like, let that part of you like go and be emotionally connected with everything, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. That was <laughs> but you don't have to put any of that in there. You could just make that what, you, what it is. But I don't know. Life's incredible once you understand how to just like feel things without even saying it. Once you just feel it and you're like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I think that's really beautiful. I'm keeping it all in. <laughs> <laughs> um, it reminds me of this conversation that I was having Wow, I guess like a year ago at this point. Oh, man. Do you remember restaurants? <laughs> Dang. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, what I would kill to just like sit down in a booth right now with like an ice cold glass of water and a straw and just be like, yeah, yeah five more minutes. <laughs> yeah. I want someone to kick me out. Like, <laughs> last call, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyways, I was talking with someone and they... Uh, I was talking about how I have all these things in my brain, like these visions sometimes, um, just like snippets of things, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to find the best like medium of expression. And I've done it through video or writing or, you know, like just testing all these things. And that person's sort of response was like, 
someone has like reached the peak of their artistry when they can distill what the brain has like created, I don't know, and been able to like manifest it or, or fabricate it in whatever way. I feel like um, our brains are some of the most powerful, not some of the most powerful things. Our brains are literally the most powerful things. Like yeah, uh, there are so many thoughts that our brain will not be able to finish thinking of because it'll start a new thought automatically. Mm-hmm. I think meditation is kind of cool. Have you tried meditating? Absolutely. Yeah. Because literally it'll just like centralize on that. I have the craziest thoughts when I'm meditating. I'll be like, what if we did this in the world instead of that? But no, um, yeah, our, our brains are just so incredible. Like, I mean, we don't even get to access all of it. It's so unfair. <laughs> like, yeah. I want all of that power. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, once once you reach a point where you can visualize a concept and be like, this will be better this way rather than this way. Or like, I can try writing this one, but it'd be so much better as an audio. Like, that's mm-hmm. reached your full level of like, becoming with art, I guess. That sounds mm-hmm. so hippie like I want to float wind you know but like I don't know it's true (laughs) Uh have you tried lucid dreaming I have (laughs) have. Uh I'm a big dreamer like for me sleep is not relaxation (laughs) (laughs) I was actually just talking about that with a friend um I was like I do not I am not relaxed when I'm sleeping my brain is like 10 times stronger um but I keep a dream journal I write down all my dreams I like remember every single one even the stupid I had a dream about tacos last night I woke up wanting tacos so bad I was like ooh, where can I get from no but I have tried lucid dreaming um I've tried like dream jumping I've actually I don't know if you want to hear this but it's a really what is dream jumping like uh visiting people in dreams intentionally but it's not really a good thing to do it's not nice Okay. <laughs> Don't do it. It's like it's like when people are like, I'm gonna manifest my ex-boyfriend to text me. It's like just as bad as that. Like clearly that's not meant for you. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to get into lucid dreaming. I've gone through it a couple of times. Um or sorry, I've tried to like learn how to do it and like recall my dreams. But I just kind of feel like the answers are in my dreams, you know? Oh. I mean your dream is like your subconscious mind's way of letting you know like hey this option's not great or like try this route like um I had a dream the other night of this elephant being in the middle of the road and um in the dream my friend's like let's like let's back up and I was like no let's go through and it was basically Mm -hmm. just a problem that I was facing that I was just like I couldn't decide if I wanted to go through the problem or if I just wanted to remove myself and sometimes that dream will give you the answer that was that you already knew you were going to do but like it's just like reassuring you it's that intuition that you needed yeah yeah Definitely. Dreams are incredible. <laughs> it's scary at first because sometimes you can get like a little sleep paralysis, but um, I always know I'm dreaming. Like when I'm sleeping, I always know that I'm like in my dream. I don't always know. Lately I've had, now this part I might need to cut out, <laughs> <laughs> but this is really interesting. So I kind of want to get into this, yeah. but I've always had, one type of dream sort of within mm-hmm. within different phases of my life. And right now the phase that I'm in, and I've been in it since, since I got to college, I guess, where like, I'll have this dream where I'm just frustrated. Like I'm frustrated. And for whatever reason, I can't achieve whatever the goal is. Um, I'm trying to think of an example that I don't have to explain very hard, but basically like imagine that everyone, all your friends are going to a concert, but like, I have to write an essay and I'm like, okay, I'm very close to finishing the essay, but all of a sudden, like 
all of a sudden my pen isn't working. So then I'm like, okay, I'll just type it. And then all of a sudden my, like, my computer is like, well, type H. Yes. Mine was like really weird. Like, um, this is like really TMI, but like I was blowing my nose and like, I couldn't get the mucus out. Like it just, no matter how hard I blew, it just kept like not coming. And I was like, I know this is what I need to do. Like, why Mm -hmm. is it not allowing me to do it? Yeah, isn't it really annoying? It's just like ooh. it's really weird, and I'm just like, and I have so many of those dreams, and I'm kind of like, okay, what is it that I'm trying to say to me? Yeah, like what, what am I not? I don't know. It's just weird. It's like these should be like, easy things. Tools are in front of you to create what you need, but you're like using the wrong ones. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps it is. <laughs> and this concludes the dream part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Emotional honesty. <laughs> why Why is this something you wanted to talk about? Oh my gosh, because I feel like no one is like fully emotional honest with themselves anymore. I feel mm-hmm. like everyone expects everyone else to be. But then when it comes time to like be that, no one's ready to like step up. And let me not say no one, because I do know a lot of people that are emotional honest, but I think there's emotional honesty on levels, right? Like I think emotional honesty is setting boundaries for the loved ones in your life. I think emotional honesty is talking to your employers correctly and emotionally and like letting them know. But I also think people hear emotion and they think sad, dramatic, da 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 Like happy is an emotion. Complacent is an emotion. Like being still and peaceful is an emotion. So I think that there's a lot that correlates to it, but no one ever wants to um, digest it. And I'm, I'm like, that's something I'm learning right now is like, even when I'm talking to a guy to like, when I'm up front and be like upfront about my intentions, like why lie for the attention when I can just be upfront and then like avoid the pain in the end anyway, or whatever it might be. Um, same with school and work and just talking to your parents. I think once you can just be honest about everything and I don't mean blunt honesty because that's aggressive and sometimes rude. And also, like, let's be mindful of people's feelings, too. But I think when you can be truthful from the beginning, it makes everything else so much easier. Like, you've already said it. Now, like, if someone doesn't do something, you've said how you feel. Like, now they're just not listening. But you were honest. And I think if you can be honest um, throughout anything, then it's like you've stayed true to who you are. Like, you've never changed who you are for a situation. I think that's like something really powerful, especially in, in a creative world is to be, or in a business world or in this world right now, being honest is like kind of all we have. So I'm hearing a lot. I'm hearing a lot about communication in what yeah. you just said. You know what I mean? That's really what honesty is, is communication. Yeah. I recently discovered what I believe to be a universal truth. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. If you're not good at communicating, you simply cannot be good at sex. That's fair. (laughs) And you know what? I'm going to add to that. Because hear me out. Mm -hmm. Communication does not have to be verbal. And that is why I believe that. Because if you cannot physically, mentally, verbally, or emotionally tell me how you are feeling, how am I supposed to make you feel good? Exactly. Or how are you supposed to make me feel good? Exactly. And that is why... The boys and to females, whoever, whatever you're into, mm-hmm. when you're not getting pleased the way you want, you're also probably not mentally getting stimulated the way you want either in that relationship. Mm-hmm. I've never met somebody who's disagreed with that, getting pleasured mentally and emotionally and physically because they mm-hmm. all tie in. And that is why friends with benefits either end very badly or end very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no Absolutely. 
<laughs> there is no, in, there can't be in between with that. You're lacking something. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I like that one. <laughs> that was me. That was me. I recently broke my toe. Um, I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, I'm okay. Okay. It hurts, but it's fine. But for the first three or four days after mm-hmm. I broke it, I couldn't sleep because the pain was just like too much. Like yeah. it was just pulsing through. And so I would just like, I was up, but that thought came to me at 4am. I just was like, wait a second. <laughs> I cracked the code. So anyways. No, but literally like, yeah. I, I should send that to some of my exes and just be like, here, this is what mm-hmm. I've been trying to say for years. Do you understand me now? <laughs> I'm going to sell t-shirts. I'm going to put it on pillows. <laughs> What else do we phone cases, Instagram phone posts? Cases. We got it. Don't even worry. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Cacao. Now we're moving into the seedling round where small questions lead to tasty answers. Ooh, okay. Yummy. Thank you. <laughs> what is um, your favorite project that you've worked on? Oh, um, I actually co-created and directed and produced this little docu-series based off of the game We're Not Really Strangers, just about uh, connection and perception among strangers and close relationships. Cool. What is it called? Um, it's called Iceberg. I haven't released Iceberg. it yet. Well, oh. I haven't released, like an intro yet, um, but the pandemic happened and I was like, it's really not appropriate to be showing me from <laughs> the door right now, so let me not do that. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, what is your favorite medium of expression? Can I just base it off my love language? <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> um, words of affirmation and acts of service. Hmm. I like being told <laughs> I'm doing well at something. Yeah. I need to say it like you're doing incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've been a lovely guest. Oh, thank you. Favorite social media platform. Mm. I'm going to say TikTok and hear me out. Okay. TikTok is one of the only platforms besides Vine that I've seen people allowed to be creatively expressive in who they are without getting a lot of hate. And mm. that I don't think there's a certain look you have to have on TikTok. I don't think there's an aesthetic you have to have. It's just like solely what you want to create and it's there and it's quick. Mm-hmm. Little gorbs, everyone could just do their own little thing. Oh, who cares? Like, I've seen some of the crazy stuff, and people will be in the comments like, This is incredible. I'm like, Okay, well, if they like it, that's their thing. Like, I'm gonna keep scrolling. Instagram's like mean. I think Instagram is so mean. Mm-hmm. And then Twitter is like, just like argumentative. Like, sometimes I'm tired. I don't <laughs> like, I want to laugh a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, cacao. This concludes the seedling round. Cool. Awesome. One thing that I actually meant to ask earlier is with production, Mm -hmm. does this mean that you're like hyper organized? No, but you should be. (laughs) (laughs) So when it comes to work, I am very organized. I have like three different calendars. I have one for my work. I have a personal calendar and then I have like a creative calendar um, Mm -hmm. for my own ideas. Uh, depending on which company I'm working with at that time, depends on like the organizational skills, but I try to maintain my own, but in my personal life, I am not an organized person. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. What's your, uh, zodiac sign? Cancer. Cancer. Oh, you just had a birthday. Yeah. I'm a cancer sun, Capricorn rising and Pisces moon. Or maybe I switched that, but cancer cat Pisces. 
Okay. So I like to end with two questions. Mm -hmm. Um, The first is, what is your greatest ambition? Ah, I've never (laughs) thought about that. Um, I just really like, I'm going to say this and don't think I'm not this right now, but I want to be like the, like my greatest ambition is just to be like the happiest person I can be like the happiest version of myself. Um, so like happy with my home status, my family, my work, my relationships, that's just like, like the end goal. I just want to like, when I'm dying, I want to be able to say like, I did what I wanted and I was happy when I did it. And that's just, and like to be loved, happiness and love is like my, my thing. Yeah. Okay. I have some follow-up questions now. (laughs) What, what are the, what do you think will be the pillars or are currently the pillars to your happiness? I think, I think it all comes back to like my love languages and stuff like that, because the way that I perceive love is like what makes me happy, even if it's not from a person. So like, Mm -hmm. um, I think words of affirmation, telling myself as well that I'm like, whatever I need at that moment, like, Hey, you're good enough. You're strong. You're beautiful. You're passionate, whatever. Um, so like if I could list five pillars for happiness, it would, it would be nature and that's spending enough time outside, spending enough time with the sun and making sure that I'm taking care of my skin throughout the sun. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say food. I think food makes me really happy eating things that you can feel good about. Um, just some, just something to the soul. Um, like spirituality for me, like praying, manifesting, affirming, meditating, yoga, that's taking care of my mind now. Therapy as well. Shout out to mm-hmm. my therapist. <laughs> that's taking care of my mind. Um, eating well, taking care of my body, family, taking care of my emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then making sure that like I'm putting out into the world what I want to give back in. It's like what makes me the happiest. It's like when I can help others so that, I don't know, we can all help each other. We're all here together, mm-hmm. stuck on this planet. Like we might yeah. as well make the best out of it. Definitely. If you didn't have to worry about income or resources, how do you think you would be spending the bulk of your time? Not working. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd probably just like go on a lot of adventures. I'm an adrenaline junkie. I'd go like every day, skydiving, um, bungee Mm -hmm. jumping, vacations, like swimming, uh, concert. Oh, I miss concerts. How weird was thinking about that? Like big groups of people, like it was normal. Like we all didn't have our own germs. Like we were just like, yeah, let's go party. Like so weird. Um, If money was an option, I would just be like living. Like I would just be doing things all the time, like having fun, chilling, hanging out, going Mm -hmm. crazy, a lot more. Yeah, a lot more. I don't know. That's fun. I. I think if I didn't have to worry about resources, I feel like I would just learn every acrobatic skill. Ooh. Okay. I would just spend my whole life doing that. Yeah. That's how I broke my toe, actually. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What is one question that you want to pose to anyone listening as like the question of the week? Hmm. Okay. It's a big responsibility you're giving me. <laughs> Maybe something like what I don't know, I want it to be like something like mental health wise. Like what do you need from the people like directly surrounding you right now? 
Mm-hmm. Whether that's like, is it support? Is it love? Is it kindness? Is it honesty? Is it just like help? Is it understanding? Like, what do you need? Because we're all stuck with these people in quarantine right now anyway. So like in the people in your direct service at Circle, like what exactly do you need from them right now to better yourself and themselves? Like mm-hmm. for, what do you need for the highest good of yourself and for the highest good of, and for the highest benefit of everyone? That's, that's the I think that's the question. Yes. Wait, let's rephrase. Let's restate it one more time to make sure. I. Mm-hmm. What do you need from the people directly surrounding you for the highest good of yourself and for the benefit of themselves as well? Right. Okay. That makes sense. I love this question. Yes. It makes sense to me. Okay. Wow. So where can the people find you? Ooh, find me in the world. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> find me when the bar is open. No. Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's K Pages, K P A I I G E S S. And that's also my Twitter, I believe. And it's also my TikTok. I don't know if you want to watch those, but mm-hmm. it's my TikTok too. It's the same thing. I'm the same thing on everything. Are you making TikToks? Well, I made one with my brother and it went viral and it was like so embarrassing. Ooh. Oh my <laughs> God. I went viral and I hate it. No. <laughs> were like um they're like your brother's so cute can I have his number and so they followed me on Instagram and were like commenting on my stuff and DMing me and they're like maybe your brother's at and I was like can you guys know actually you can't he's 24 and y'all are like 12 mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> I recently not that recently I think once I got to college I started realizing that I can't watch TV about high school the same way. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. And it's like, it's weird to kind of be like, oh, that guy's hot. But it's like, oh, he's supposed to be playing a 15 year old. Like, I have to, I need to remove myself from this narrative. High school TV shows are only good when you're in high school or like before high school. Because once you've yeah. gone through, you're, first of all, I'm going to tell you how False. that would have went. Euphoria is the only one I'll give it to because it wasn't really centralized on them being in high school or centralized around like the drugs and the sex and the scandals. So that one I'll be like, okay, I'll give you the pass. It's not really about high school right now. But all the other ones I'm like, this is uncomfortable. Like Riverdale makes me very uncomfortable. I've never seen it. Oh, don't. (laughs) I just, yeah, I can't watch it anymore, actually. I've like decided I won't watch anything about high school save for maybe euphoria just because it it makes me feel bad (laughs) like physically i my body is so weird to me that these like writers and like directors are like writing shows sexualizing these like 15 year olds yeah there's like 15 year olds like smoking jewels and like doing these very not 15 year old things like i don't know go to the ice skating rink or something yes it's crazy to me the number of 31 year old men who are so anxious to write about teenagers having sex. Why? Who hurt you? Themselves. <laughs> They're mass toxic masculinity fathers. <laughs> yeah. And mothers, mothers can be toxic masculinity too. Let's not forget. Yeah, that's true. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> and I have a lot today. We got into it. We really went all over the map today. We had a little therapy session. We had a little spirituality session. We went in there. We did it all. Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much. You, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, this was great. Just like, yeah, I, this was fun. Thanks for asking me. I appreciate it. <laughs> what a dream, what a treat. <laughs> yeah, lovely one-liners. 
Hello, welcome to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you. I hope that you got something out of this. And if you learned something, if you laughed, if you even just like my energy, please rate, review, subscribe, and share this with your friends. That will really help for this podcast and this community to grow. That helps me get more guests. And it means I can give you more of this delicious content. Much love, Athena Sayaka.